Kia ora koutou whanau. Welcome back to another edition of the Department of Conversation brought to you by Stratus, the most affordable alternative to smoking. Designed for people looking for a less harmful alternative to smoking, the Stratus is a cost-effective device for anyone looking to step away from old habits. Find out more about Stratus at vaporium.in. Zed. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us again. I genuinely thank you and appreciate you choosing to be with us. I know that on the internet in this day and age, there is a, a, literally a billion things you could have uh, picked to listen to, uh, and you've chosen to pick this and have a listen, so I genuinely appreciate that. If you are getting us on iTunes, a rate and a review would be amazing. And if you want to find out more about us, uh, you can head to www.thedoc.nz. Right. Today, Sam Brooks is an award-winning playwright and dramatist. Uh, Brooks's work has twice earned him the Play Market Before 24 uh, Award, New Zealand Young Playwright Award. In 2014, Metro Magazine named Brooks Auckland's most exciting playwright. He's won the Bruce Mason Playwriting Award in 2016. He's currently working as the culture editor at the spin-off uh, online commentary and opinion magazine. He has also written for the uh, Pantograph Punch and also Metro Magazine and the New Zealand Herald as well. Very interesting uh, young man is Sam Brooks. On his Twitter bio, he lists he writes up of, of himself as a playwright, a journalist, and a stutterer, uh, which you'll hear a little bit of in the podcast. But it's a really interesting perspective he takes on uh, it being very important with people who maybe um, have a different way of communicating, a different way of speaking, being out in front of the public and doing it as much as they can. Greatly appreciated the time I got to spend with him. Here is Sam Brooks. And we are live with Sam Brooks. Sam, good. Is it officially afternoon or evening? I never know with five o'clock. I would probably say it's like evening from from about three o'clock. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I think, yeah, like I don't, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I think it's like morning basically from five till ten, then afternoon from ten onwards. Okay. Then it's just evening from three. And does that does that is that the way you kind of justify opening a bottle of wine or something at three thirty because it's the evening? Is that what a what it's about? Absolutely. Speaking of, absolutely. cheers! Thank you for joining us. Cheers! Mm. Cheers! Yeah, yeah, I'm having a lovely beer. Compliments now, of the spinoff. Yes, you are at the spinoff. Is it the, yeah, it is the spinoff, isn't it? I think it just gets yes. colloquially referred to as at spinoff, but at the spinoff. Yeah, which I am fine with, frankly. And that's their studio. You can see in the background there. That's quite a nice little studio. So they because Spinoff does podcasts and various bits of audio uh, work as well, don't they? Yes. Um. So like, I think we've got like maybe five or six re- regular podcasts, and then we've got like just like a few kind of one-offs here and there. But yeah, 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 yeah. This is where that particular magic happens. I don't do podcasts, so I don't really spend much time in here at all. So yeah, this is a novelty for me. Well, thank you, and and I, uh, you've already told me that you hate Zoom with a passion. So again, <laughs> graciously thanking you for uh, lowering your standards for coming and talking to us on Zoom today. <laughs> yeah, you're most welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to rank Zoom higher than Skype. Skype is truly one of the worst applications that has ever existed. It is interesting how, in the space of, I don't know literal weeks you know when covid kicked in all of a sudden there was this thing called zoom the whole world knew about it and the whole world was using it yeah and it's insane how it like 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, like it became this format that everyone was familiar with as a way of consuming content as well. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like we just accepted the fact that we were seeing famous people in their rooms on Zoom for a good few months, and like I think we'll continue like to do so as this rages for the next however many months or years. And I, yeah, and I aim to spend as little time watching things that have been recorded or made on zoom as possible um did you were you're a critic for the spin-off as well don't you you do do you do television and gaming is that because yes I, um i was just thinking did you you've just kind of answered my question before i was going to answer it but um you know the guy who plays that stupid little oh what's the name the, the movie frozen my kids watch it and he plays the little uh the little the little snow creature oh josh um, josh gad is it josh gad who plays olaf there you go i believe yes. he did a very interesting series i thought using zoom where he um got together a whole bunch of uh casts from favorite movies so he did a zoom which was yeah. one zoom rules them all and i was wondering from a critical eye did you actually come across anything even though we've taken okay we haven't read that you hate zoom but did you come across anything <laughs> in this new medium we're using as a critic and go wow that's a really interesting thing they've done i kind of tried to like avoid it because i had to have so many meetings on zoom throughout that first um lockdown and I was just like I don't want to be watching like a screen through a screen so yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I tried really hard to, to not engage with any zoom content <laughs> outside of a professional context so like I was aware that yeah yes yeah 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 it was happening and I feel like I might come come and yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah, yeah it's like I come like to like um find some fun and value in it but not in the near future Fair i just enough. yeah yeah like and i also like yeah, yeah yeah i have a very bad habit on zoom of just looking at myself like i'm like staring into like a mirror yeah and I that's not the point of zoom not <laughs> yeah, really. that's not the point of zoom it's it's meant to be a communication yeah asset not a very cheap mirror <laughs> for people who don't know what i was talking about this is the josh gad thing where we re re right. reunited all these various groups yeah like you did a ferris yeah. uh, ferris bueller one a ghostbusters one that was when i was just saying one zoom to rule them all so he got yeah. all these groups back together and it was kind of it was kind of cool it was, it was kind of a cool use of the medium um to um to actually make content um, it was probably mm. the cleverest one I saw because other than that, it's basically just being used as a uh, a cheap roving camera. You don't have to you don't have to have an yes. outside studio anymore. You just have a, a, a you have a laptop in your interviewee's room, and then they can they can you know be on whatever evening American show they want to be on. So yeah, but that was, was kind of cool. Your your work at Spinoff, um, I'm interested as well. It's has you listed as the cultural editor. And yes, I was wondering, I am. could you explain that to me? And then I'd like to talk to you a bit about, maybe you could educate me on what is culture. So you're the editor, oh, so you must be the fun. expert. Yes, in theory, yes. Um, it kind of came from a quite convoluted series of roles I had here. So I started off in 2017 as the comedy 
man here. So like I wrote up uh, the 2017 comedy festival. And I just kind of hung around as a like, as, as a kind of like permanent fixture. And I have just like subsumed sections. So like, so yeah, like I first, I ran, um, the gaming section. Then I also subsumed uh, the uh, TV section. And then when Henry uh, Oliver, who uh, now runs edits um, Metro, left at the start of last year, I subsumed music. And then it was just kind of like, okay, okay, well, let's just not do TV, gaming, and music. Editor, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just do cultures and yeah, 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 yeah. It also covers like arts, theatre, dance, stand up, and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. So like, I kind of write about all of that stuff and try to kind of like, kind of try to, well, like I kind of see my job as being like talk about the stuff that our readers are watching and also talk about stuff that our readers should be interacting with or want or 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 like I might not have heard of but like would get value out of and I feel like that's my job and I yeah and I'm slowly kind of stepping back into writing more and like editing less so like so like my goal is to kind of like curate what culture we cover at this one off and that's um here and also yeah, yeah like around the world yeah, yeah yeah which makes it sound yeah yeah uh, like a quite nebulous wide scope of work but i feel like once you know who's reading yeah, yeah, yeah your work yeah, yeah it's quite easy like to pinpoint what things they actually will read and will get value out of and what things they are just like i've never heard of this game i've no interest in reading about it i'm not a gamer i'm blah 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 and i yeah yeah so yeah that's kind of what my job at the moment is is just to speak the spin-offs culture to them and hopefully just introduce them to small things here and there like here's the show that yeah, you might not have heard of Here's this like theater thing that you're kind of aware of, but might not have actually experienced, but now might get to. And it's also just like, I also just think that reading a good piece of um, critique is like helpful in itself, even if you can't engage with the game or the show or, or the play. Yeah, I think reading a good solidly written piece that makes you think a bit more about the form and I guess the context in which it sits is equally as valuable even if you haven't seen it Mm. or like even have no intention of seeing it so you sound like what you're saying is um you have found the culture of the spin-off and you're curating um articles and information around that culture it does make me think though you're mentioning lots of different forms of art do we think stepping away from the spin-off now now thinking in society is it art in its various form that that is the way we define culture in society like when you say what's what's that country's culture 
is the easiest way to describe it or the way to find what that culture is to go to their um, their artistic expressions and that's what defines or that's what identifies their culture. Um, I think art and food actually are probably equal, um, but I don't really write about food that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a separate person who was amazing at that job and like I... I'm not I'm not a very highbrow person when it comes to food. I'm pretty basic. <laughs> I'm a lot more refined when it comes to culture, s s s sometimes at least. But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's like I think I think a society's culture is is hugely um, defined by the kind of art it values and the kind of art it um um it producers yeah 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 mm. it's like and i think that one of my kind of like passions is like trying to kind of like is like trying to like interrogate the role of like because like a lot of our art and like we're actually quite lucky here and that a lot of our art is funded and supported um yeah uh, uh, yeah 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 the government and that's actually not that common around mm. the world yeah. and i think what cnz values is a quite key way of 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 like reflecting what the country values and i don't think that cnz necessarily necessarily always has it right but i think that cnz has it right more often than not and i'm probably not in the majority of people who thinks that i'm kind of maybe i'm just um uh moderate when it comes to arts funding <laughs> well it's not not just creative new zealand there but you also look to nz on air obviously for mm. you know because because there's another yes, round of funding and usually. i think that that makes sense in new zealand doesn't it because um our our population size if everything had to be commercially successful then there oh. would be very few things in the public sphere when it comes to um let's say widely appreciated art meaning uh, for art, whatever it is, music, written word, you know, uh, video, whatever it is to get to a, uh, uh, the largest group of people in New Zealand, it typically needs to be on some kind of mainstream platform. And to get onto a mainstream platform, you need to be somewhat commercially successful. And to be commercially successful, you need to make money. And in a small population, I think without that funding from Creative New Zealand, New Zealand On Air, and probably some other grants and trusts along the way, we would have a very small array of TV, music, you know, written art, uh, you know, painting, theatre, any of that stuff, it would be microscopic because you still have to put food on the table. So it's got to be able to, you've yes. got to be able to find money somewhere. So it either needs to be grants yep. or commercially successful. And we're lucky that the grants and what's given to the arts in New Zealand helps it be, not need to be commercially successful, but still have the money to be on those sorts of platforms. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I think that are that are that currently our only fictional show that is not funded is Shortland Street, and it's like I've got nothing against Shortland Street. Yeah, yeah like Shortland Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can employ a lot of incredibly talented people, but like if every show had to be Shortland Street. I don't think the culture of our country would be in very good straits. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, following that through every show, we don't have a population 
or an audience big enough to allow every show to be short and straight. There'd be one no. or two, and the rest would just... And that's why I had this conversation the other day with a friend. I looked at the American you know, population, 330, 340 million. I'm pretty sure in saying it, I'll look up on Wikipedia in a moment, I'm pretty sure I'm saying the next biggest Western country is about 85, 90 million. And I thought, gosh, what we see going on in America at the moment, it made me kind of think, is 350 million people too big for a Western country? In other words, when you see a... Like, like I was shocked the other day to see Advanced New Zealand Party get one percent in the polls in, in New Zealand. Oh, and, truly, and that and that represents about twenty five thousand New Zealanders. But in saying that, twenty five thousand New Zealanders is such a small number of people overall. It's unlikely to cause a huge problem in society. However, one percent of America would be three point five million people. Yeah, and then you go, <laughs> yeah. that, and you yeah, go, yeah. holy, it's like cra- most holy of crap. our country. Yeah, holy crap, that could make a difference. I remember when I used to work on ZB, proportionally per capita, I did overnight talkback and had a bigger show than Bill O'Reilly, who had the biggest show in cable news in America. So per capita, I had more listeners overnight than he had watching every day, and and obviously there's no money in overnight radio, but you know, he was worth tens of millions of dollars because of the population size they had for that one percent audience. Yeah, and yeah, and it's yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, and I also think of like just how small things that happen here are like legitimately headline news, and I f- think that a, I find it kind of like like nice is not like other like world but i find it quite calming that like things here don't really get that extreme like like i like remember it was in it was probably in may like when those two women like left the hotel Talon went. Yeah. Uh, to, Drove to Wellington. Yeah, yeah. I could, yeah. Like, th- that was headline news for like three days. <laughs> and like, that would not even be in a paper in the States because of what's happening there at the moment. Like, and here, like, it was like top of the six o'clock news. It was like everyone knew about these two women. And I just think that. One of the many upsides of living here is kind of that smallness and like the fact that things can't get too crazy here. Like people like, yeah, yeah. Well, people like those radical minor parties don't really get the footholds that they probably would in like the States because there's just not the population for it to really build momentum. Like, 25,000 people is like, is like, probably sounds a lot bigger than it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a music festival. <laughs> a very, a very, <laughs> like, that would be a very weird music festival, that one. Don't know what yes. that'd be <laughs> Yeah. Lots of Jesus music, probably, if, if you're mm. asking me. 
Mm. Suzanne Prentice. <laughs> Good lining. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, a, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a deep cut. Sorry, that's a deep <laughs> reference. It, it ebbs and flows, though, as well. I mean, on one on one level, that's great, but on the other level, we've been talking about the arts and funding, and it's not necessarily a, you know a, a, an equivalent. I mean, you know, YouTubers are YouTubers. They they create their own art. Um, my kids watch a guy called Mr. Beast, and I see him occasionally. And he had a T-shirt. Uh, special on the other day where he promised to sign every t-shirt they had. he sold 68,000 t-shirts and at 40 bucks a pop that's three million dollars that's one t-shirt this guy and and one run one run of t-shirts that this guy did and that of course then funds everything he wants to do with his channel in, in New Zealand yeah. there's just there's just not even proportionally there's just none of no. that that doesn't happen so that swings and roundabouts eh? yeah and I well yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, and like to relate to that, like, like I feel like people are so much more accessible now. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the people who make content are so accessible. And I feel like that's triply true here because it is such a small country. Like, if you want us to get in contact with someone, it's incredibly easy to find their Twitter, mm -hmm. their Instagram handle, their email online and i feel like especially if you're working in the news or in the media it's so much easier for your audience to kind of get in contact and like be like i don't like this thing you did or like you're dumb or or like a lot like worse than that and i feel like i feel like in the next few years we'll, we'll like really begin to see the effects here I think more so than in larger countries of of like how accessible this modern age makes us yeah like and and like what impact that has on our content and like on like other news we make on, on the arts that we make because i i don't think it's a it's definitely not a altogether a bad thing but i think there's absolute side effects of it like I don't think an audience should have that much control over the art an artist makes, and especially like I don't think an audience should really hold as much sway over like other news and stuff as they can. Well, yeah. Well, as soon as as soon as news sources, you know, uh, online, on TV, primarily digital sources, started citing a person tweeted, you just know that the world's going to end. Now, I don't give a, oh. I don't give a fuck what random person from, you know, Waitamata's tweeting. If the person was an expert in the field and it was pertinent to the story, fair enough. But as soon as newspapers started quote tweeting random people, I'm just like, this is oh. th this is the world coming to <laughs> coming to an end. <laughs> Screenshots of tweets aren't news. I'm sorry, and they're not like they're not news, and they're not reporting. Like yeah, yeah. It's, and I'm aware that in this modern age at like a lot of like news outlets that like other need to churn out content constantly can outweigh the the ability to like do deep reason slow thoughtful reporting and i yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like and i just think like yeah 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 that's also an access thing like also like the like news news newsmakers news outlets have so much access to their audience and what they read and what they don't read and i feel like that's not 
necessarily a good thing. They have to the 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 new the news establishments or even let's say the artists or the people on the receiving end of that criticism from the public still have to buy into it. You know, they still have to. I think we see a lot of people falling on. Like a good example is Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, when he got stripped from the from doing the Oscars because of some things he said years ago, um, and years ago he he apologised for those and he basically had already made amends and said he knew that what he said was not appropriate. He knew it was wrong. He had apologised for it. He got stripped from doing the Oscars, and then he went on another apology tour. And, and like, cool, that's his decision to do. But I, I think when we also give power back to the the nameless voices behind the eggs as well there's we have some responsibility um mm. and, and and at the appropriate time you know we can get pulled up by anyone and we should back down and we should apologize and we should be humble but there is a bit of a culture at the moment perhaps of um an oversensitivity to that um you see it in politics yeah, you see it in politics agreed. where people where politicians are apologizing for something they said that was interpreted a certain way They've done nothing wrong. Why would they apologise? I'm still interested. I haven't got to the bottom of it about the Greens and their eleven million dollars to this private this school that was a green thing. I'm not sure they should have apologised for that. I, I I have to say I haven't I haven't investigated it enough yet to to actually pass informed uh, you know uh, comment. I'm still in the process of that, but it seems like they were giving money to a group who was trying to try a new sort of ecological sustainable um, school. Uh, and they immediately just fell on their swords. Maybe it was appropriate, maybe it wasn't, but I guess what I'm saying is for some in the public eye, there is a culture, I think, of, for want of a less aggressive-sounding word, backing down too quickly. So we have a part to play in this when we get piled on as well. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I think the speed of social media also also tears out any, like, nuance like and it and it punishes people for sticking to their guns or like or or not necessarily but it punishes people very quickly for doing something wrong or like making a mistake and they just pile on and i feel like that doesn't help anyone like even if someone has done a wrong thing like the consistent pile on of someone who is who is sorry or like or like has has like i don't know yes sorry yeah i'm not phrasing this correctly i think the social media cycle rewards people who have the hottest and the quickest takes and it's a race to have the hottest and the quickest take on someone who's fucked up basically and it's very hard to kind of stop that once it gets started. Yeah, you, I, I, think I, I think you're right because I think also then when that newspaper, you know, as you say, uh, screenshots a, a tweet, they have to get a story out within three hours. So they screenshot a tweet, tweet that came out half an hour after the event or the whatever it was, and no one's had time to think through the nuance of it and find out the truth. So then the story perpetuates that early idea, which is reactionary rather than thoughtful, and then it keeps going. Mm, yes and yeah 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 it's like and i feel like i feel like culture actually culture um like on the whole is actually fairly forgiving but social media kind of cuts out the like oh well, yeah, 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 I, yeah 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 like it makes things black and white because that's a lot simpler like you like something you reply to something or you 
retweet something mm -hmm. or you scroll past yeah yeah there's no measured engagement it's it's one of those four things or it's or yeah 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 there's actually little room for like measured conversation in the realms of social media where people can like can can like argue in a and like in a respectful way and just be like i don't think yeah 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 you're all right but you're welcome like i just think that yeah it's like i am like i'm wrong every day i'm like i'm wrong every day i like i don't love it but i accept it like uh, yeah it's like i'm wrong about random things every day i'm fine if someone goes hey that's a wrong thing you sound like oh shit was it sorry i will try and oh yeah, yeah like I will be less wrong in the future. And that's just kind of how I live my life is just trying to be a bit less wrong every day. But I think the word that I like that you've used is the, the idea of nuance. I remember watching a clip, uh, you know, when Portland was uh, kind of shut down and people took over and various bits and bobs, there was a, 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 a protest going through. Um, it, it may have been, I don't want to say it was Antifa because that has connotations to it for some people, but it was a definitely kind of progressive left-wing protest going through. And there was an elderly couple there just standing still holding an American flag. And the amount of abuse they had hurled at them and the words they had hurled at them, like you're a racist, you're a Nazi. And the, the thing that I thought was, we don't know if this elderly couple are racist. They might be. But holding an American flag is not the metric to decide that. No, you know you no, need to no. you need to have the nuance in there as well. That they they might have been the mo they they might have been leaders of the Ku Klux Klan. Who knows? But you don't know that just because they're holding a flag. Funnily enough, someone sent me a a, a link just the other day. Uh, something I did with Professor Robert Patman, who's a, a professor of uh, uh, politics here in Dunedin, and it got uh, the the clip got put up on the ODT, and someone sent me a link to a, some arguments that had come below it and one of the arguments was the person saying um these these hard left commentators and the that was interesting because the person who was arguing with him said what's what have you seen in this clip that that gets you to identify them as hard left and the person said oh you know well britain said that trump's not very shrewd and i thought about that and i just went well <laughs> I, I might i might i might be hard left Right, like I might be. These people don't know. But again, that's not the metric. When people like Mitt Romney and, you know, McCain and um, uh, what's his name? The, the husband of Conway, they all think he's not very shrewd and they're certainly not hard left. It's the, it, and what their people are saying is, I'm demonizing you because you don't agree with me. I'm going to label you the worst thing I can think of. And for this person, the worst thing they could think of was hard left. That was the worst thing. And, and again, it's just... Ask me if I'm hard left. Check out who I vote for. I don't know if you can do that. But, yeah, saying that Trump's not shrewd is not a metric for deciding whether I am or aren't. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, and I try and say this as much as I can, but, like, I don't think that critiquing something is the same um, as cancelling it like yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah 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 it's like i think that like people art 
things can withstand criticism without that being like oh yeah yeah you're trying like yeah 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 um yeah 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 it's like yeah 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 it's like to cancel me it's like no but like i think that our modern society just again yeah like it removes that kind of nuance that you can critique someone something without just being like i hate this and everything it's about yeah because that's not what people do or are like i don't think that like that that saying that yeah 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 it's like I don't like this one thing about you is the same as being like, I hate literally everything that you stand for and I never want to see you again. Like there's nuances to friendships, to relationships, to like art that, that grow over time, that, that, that if they're strong enough can withstand critique. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, like I, I, think I think that right. relates. Yeah. No, no, I think, I, I think you're right. But that idea of nuance, I think, is going very quickly. Um, you know, we see it on Facebook as well. And also critical thinking. Critical thinking and nuance need to go hand in hand, and we're losing both of them. You know, people who repost stuff that is that, that a, a literal 30-second Google search can show that, that, they're, that it's false, but they just don't. No more critical thinking. This agrees with oh. my narrative. This helps my tribe. So I'm putting it out there, no critical thinking whatsoever. It drives me, yeah, drives me wild. Uh, like I don't even look at Facebook now. Yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think I stopped after March. Fifteen, because I think that like people were just posting, not even like like hot takes just like just unverified news constantly mm. and, and yeah 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 it's like and i was just like i've got like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's like me looking at this endless feed of unverified news is not helping me it's not helping like the people who are posting it it's of no benefit to either of us so i was just like i'm just not gonna engage with it and i and i've never regretted just just not looking at facebook yeah yeah Yeah. like i might like miss like a nice photo every now and then but i'm just like yeah 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 yeah. it's like literally endless amounts of nice photos online i'll survive it sounds like as well it's a it's a net negative to you like it's not even a net neutral or a net positive it's actually (laughs) the the one the one good versus the hundred negative makes it a net negative so yeah absolutely might as well get rid of it Hey, um, I wanted to ask you about your writing. You are a, a playwright as well. And yes. one, one of the things I find really interesting as I bring up your Wikipedia page um, for oh, people who, who people who are watching, just it's actually just not even to get into the details necessarily of your Wikipedia page, but there's a, two dozen plays there. Now, yeah, there's a there's a <laughs> lot there's a lot of plays there for someone. Although our, our guest yesterday wanted to. Uh, share a message with you about not being young. Maybe, maybe I can maybe I can play that for you now. Hang on, I got to change across to another computer and go on this computer. And so I got a message for you from uh, from uh, Jordan Hamill. Jordan wanted to ask you a question in this as well. Make sure all my volumes are up. Here we go. Here's a question for you from Jordan. Can you can you ask Sam for me? Um, 
how he managed to get into the Young Writers Festival when he's in fact not young. Um, <laughs> so, that, so that's basically the question he wanted. But obviously compared to right. most of us who have a bit of grey hair, you're a very young man. And <laughs> 24 to, well, to say 20 to 30 plays in your short lifespan, that's amazing. Tell, tell me about your writing yeah. process. Tell me about how that all works. Um, so I, yeah, um, I write quite quickly and i obviously <laughs> always have I, yeah it's yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's just not a, a helpful answer um i think i think honestly like one of the reasons why i've always written quite quickly is that i've got a very good i've i'm very practiced at turning the thoughts in my brain into structured sentences and thoughts because well yeah yeah I, I might have a speech thing so that means that the things I say need to be quite careful and need to be kind of quite like uh, well yeah 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 it's like what I say needs to be important because it's not necessarily easy all the time to say it and I think that just translates to being able to write quite quickly and write structured thoughts I like also just I, I had the luck of, well, not luck, but like I was quite successful quite early on and was kind of able to sustain myself barely, but with just playwriting. Yay, yay, yeah, yeah. It's like the first proper, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the first proper job I had uh, is here at, uh, yeah, yeah, like is here. And that was when I was 26. I went straight from uni into just writing kind of full time from 21 onwards. And I guess that really, if that's the only thing you have have like to do, then that's the thing that you do. Um, yeah. And I guess, and I just, I just write what's on my mind. Sometimes I write for actors who I know sometimes I write for friends who are also actors I know so and like sometimes I just love a, a situation so much I just have to write a play or like write a script about it yeah that's kind of my process and I kind of took some time off because I just wasn't loving writing scripts but I kind of uh, have a returned to it in the past few months and really enjoyed being able to write here um, at work and also head home and just write script again and realize that I'm quite good at it and I really love it. So that, that was, the, I guess, going to be my next obvious question, um, which was um, you obviously got a full-time job now and your full-time job involves you writing. Has that, how much has that impacted your I mean, I'll use the word you haven't, kind of your first love or your first skill set or your first job of, of playwriting and that sort of thing. Um, I, well, like, it gives me less time and less focus to do that. But, like, I, I and, like, my first year here, I, like, was writing more than I've ever written at all. And I kind of mostly took, yeah, 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 yeah. I well not like a yeah like I just slowed down because I was like I want to write stuff that's actually important to me now not stuff that like here's a cute thing for a friend 
here's like just a fun situation I had in like my head and I yeah and then I just kind of like um yeah and oh, yeah, yeah it's like I like think it's made me a much better writer because I feel like every one who writes especially writes script should learn another writing craft just to make well, like just to make sure that all your muscles are like all your like writing muscles are like used and I think that script works a few of those incredibly well but not others like I've definitely from spending time here and I've been in across like a wide amount of sections like I've done food pieces I've done pieces on society I've done pieces on politics as well I think that that's really just made made me much more attuned to the voices of other people and how to kind of write voices that aren't necessarily my own. I'm very good at putting my voice into the mouths of characters. And I think since I've worked here, I've kind of learned learned the skill of being able to kind of alter my voice to provide an insight into someone else's reality. And I think, yeah. So like, yeah. And I've, well, yeah, it's like, and I think something else I've also, yeah, like it's made me value my time a lot more. So like, if I'm taking time off from work for scripts, I like use that time incredibly productively and well. Whereas I think in the past, I like, I had lots of time so I could just like, I could just like half around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, write some script Thursday, have fun on Friday, have fun on Saturday, <laughs> write some script Sunday. And like, that was fine. And like, now I'm just like, no, no. I like work on a Monday, head home, make some food, write script for like three hours. And yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Like I think, that and I think just through aging, as I am now apparently as old as the dust, has like really made me value my time a lot more and how I can spend that. You sound like the embodiment of that idea that if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Now that, <laughs> oh. now that you're busier, you've got more of a focus and you value that time more, so it's a more focused time. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I think I'm lucky that I wrote a lot when I wasn't employed because it gives well like yeah yeah like and i've had shows on i yeah yeah i think i've had maybe like at least two shows on every year for the past two or three years and i wrote all, all those scripts years ago so like i think that writing a lot in the past just makes like it gives the illusion that i'm kind of constantly writing now and i don't think that and oh no yeah like and that's not um, the case at all. So of those of those couple of dozen plays that we brought up before, I mean, w are you saying the bulk of them were done sort of pre twenty five? Is that is that what you're saying? And it, but because there's such a mm. vast amount of them, it it gives the appearance that that you're constantly working because you must be to have this much content out there. Yes, I'd say like the bulk of the work that's out there was written pre twenty five, and yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. I could sh sh show of mine that 
it's picked up often in like universities and high schools as something I wrote when I was 19. And wow. uh, <laughs> if I, if I could, I would not let people do that show anymore. It's quite, it's like, like it's an experience that I can't quite put into words, but the process of seeing actors kind of, embody a thing that that is that that is basically like a very like it's kind of like a, a hilariously personal thing that i lived uh, uh like in 2009 eight nine roughly um like 10 years later is is um it's a lot to process and it's very funny um, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's something that no human would ever normally experience. And I feel both very unfortunate, but lucky that I get to do that. But like, yeah, like, if I could, I would not let people have that play on anymore. I'm interested in that. I mean, how much control do you have? I, I interviewed Richard O'Brien once, um, Rocky Horror Show. And he has, I mean, obviously that's at a different sort of echelon to a lot of uh, people who are writing now, but he has a hard and fast rule that you will not perform this show unless you're a professional troupe. So basically you don't see high schools doing it. You don't see, you know, um, Amdram's doing it. It has to be a professional theatre troupe before he will authorise them doing the Rocky Horror Show. How much control do you have over your plays? I mean, you say you'd like to stop people from doing it. Surely they must get clearance or permission from you first before they do it. Oh yes, yes. No, no, no. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> frankly, like, I'm financially fortunate that people still want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's more that I'm just like, I'm happy if they have it on. I do not want to see it. I do not ever want to see it again. Um, but I will happily take the cash for like a thing I wrote for free 11 years ago. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm real happy for that. So it sounds like you're but saying, yeah, you, no, you, um, you, it sounds like you're saying you, you kind of cringe a bit more, but it's fine if they want to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I don't think I've ever turned down somebody doing a show of mine. I'm just, I'm like, I'm not that fussy about what I write. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I like write, I I write roughly like, I think last year I wrote something like 180 pieces at work last year. Wow. I like, I write enough that I can't, that it would be an incredible emotional emotional weight if I was fussy about anything I wrote. So like, and if someone else still sees something that's worth it in that work, I don't think it's, I don't think it's for like me like, um, to go like, why? What mm. do you see in this? I don't see anything yeah no yeah yeah it's like i'm yeah like i'm very very happy to see people who like put on shows of mine still but like i don't need to literally see them that's um that's yeah. actually interesting you know there's that classic question what is art um but there's also alongside that there's that question is what do you appreciate about it what i hear you saying is even something that you've written other people may appreciate it in a different way when you maybe don't appreciate it maybe as much as they do in this in this you know 11 years later that's a really interesting dynamic to think through. Yeah, um, I 
like I think like the most successful thing I've um, written um, is um, yeah 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 it's like um, is, I'm a play uh, uh, called uh, Burn Her and I wrote that show in about three weeks I wrote it in t- 2016 and it and it kind of predicted a lot of things that happened afterwards like it predicted like E2 and it like I predicted like a lot of things that would happen like a few years afterwards and I I wrote it because I was like I want to write like a mainstream hat I want to write a show that like isn't about sad people in love yeah 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 yeah. that's my favorite stuff it's just writing about sad people who are just who are falling in and out of love and like that's great and everything yeah but it's not the mainstream stuff that people fork out for and i kind of wrote it not not entirely skeptically but like people went nuts over that show in a way that i hadn't experienced up until that point and haven't experienced since and i it's not that i don't understand what people see in it i like can now I can scientifically kind of look at it and go, oh yes, like I know that this is a very good play that that I just kind of wandered into accidentally. Um, but like, I've always gone like, but I don't think it's my best work though. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just think I got very lucky and that I'm quite good at the kind of writing that political thrillers need and also people were people like I think at the time were just like starving for that kind of content like just starving for like a good meaty political thriller yeah yeah which I say in massive um finger quotes yeah yeah yeah. I I don't think it's that at all but um yeah yeah um, apparently sells the tickets. Well, I mean, um, I, 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 as you were talking, I think about musicians, and there are a lot of musicians out there as well who m- make incredible art, and it's got a maybe smaller audience, and it's what they do and what they're passionate about. And then once in a while, they'll throw out the, you know, they'll throw out the uh, more commercially available music or something that's a bit more poppy to their normal style, and that that perhaps pays their bills for the next wee while they still love it they haven't they haven't sold their souls they've just done something different and then they keep on doing what they primarily love you know forevermore after that so yeah i mean yeah 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 it's like yeah 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 it's like and i'm also like i know that it's weird to say that about like a show that's like a feminist show that's about politics that like was speaking like to some quite powerful powerful is not like but some like prescient truths at other time and having that as my sellout show is a blessing not a curse um but yeah like yeah i i like look back on it as like something i'm just like i i scientifically understand why people love this show i don't love it as much as anyone else does and i yeah and I think I'm still, and I think it might be a little bit of just like spite, but and just a bit of like 
I've done other weirder shit that I think is much more fun, but who can say? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, as a critic as well, I don't think that artists are always the best person to speak about their art. And I fall into that. And that I, I think that other people are a lot more qualified and to speak about my work than I am. I'm too close to it. Yeah. Hey, well, look, you've got something on tonight, and um, I was going to ask: Is that a, a performance you're doing? I mean, do you stay behind the no. do you stay behind the pen, or do you ever get in front of it? Or, but we want to ra- um, wrap up to give you plenty of time to get there. Um, I um I um don't perform like uh, like I've done solo shows, but it's always just as myself, and it was mostly just because I was like, no one's saying that I can't or that I shouldn't, and I think for like a few years I was really kind of keen to get it well just to like like I I have a noticeable speech thing that and I think that normalizing hearing people who don't talk like everyone else is just quite important and I was on a big soapbox about that for like a while and like I still am yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's like why I always just say yes to most um most speaking things is because I think it's important like to hear someone who isn't entirely fluent but still has things worth saying hopefully I've got things worth saying and worth hearing but who can say but um yeah no I I am not an actor of any kind I have no singing talent I I can learn choreography if pushed but prefer to just let other people do that for me. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, um, yes, um, tonight I am simply seeing a friend, um, seeing a friend to a gig. I am not in that gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I may have misled you. Um, re, <laughs> re, like, my, like, my, like, activeness in that gig. It's more have a gig as in have a gig in the calendar, not... I am grateful that you've come to talk to us. Um, oh, if people want yeah, to find a delightful if, time, if people want to find out more about you and your writing, obviously they can find you at Spinoff. Um, if they want yes. to visit or see or know more about you, is there anywhere else they can go online? And that's digital age um, eleven. Uh, oh, um, I am on Twitter at um, and my handle. Hand, oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. It's such an old school word. Handle yeah. my Twitter at is at s. Uh, Uh, Brooke Brooks spelled B-R-O-K-E-B-R-O-K-S and that's um, oh, and I'm also in the Young Writers Festival which is um, I'm doing an event where I talk about navigating the modern media landscape well there you go that's um, what we're doing today isn't it we're navigating this exactly, modern media exactly and I think that's very um, I've, I've planned something I'll mostly just to be talking about what it's like to be in the media in the modern age and how it's changed audiences as much as it's changed the people who are making the stuff that you watch and read. Yeah. Excellent. And I'll hopefully have something smart to say about it. And then you'll do a critique of yourself and write about it. You'll critic you'll be your own critic. Absolutely. Is that right? Naval gazing. (laughs) Hey Sam, thanks for joining us, mate. It's been an absolute blast. Have a great fun at the young uh, the Young Writers Festival and um, thanks for joining us. Yes. Thanks, thanks, man.
All right, team, there you go. Sam Brooks, that's us done and dusted. The Department of Conversation brought to you by Stratus, the most affordable alternative to smoking. Uh, the Stratus is a no-fuss kit using a pre-filled cartridge system so you don't have to carry any extra e-liquid bottles and worrying about filling the tiny, tiny cartridges. Those cartridges also have a little bit of nicotine in them. The reason they have nicotine in them is it's designed to help you stop smoking. So the nicotine helps you stay away from cigarettes. The cost is much cheaper than the cigarettes. It's a win-win-win. And you can find out more about it at Vaporium.nz. Coming up next, uh, legendary... uh, broadcaster Stacey Morrison is going to be on the Department of Conversation. We're having a chat with her uh, and finding out about all sorts of stuff broadcasting. Mighty Language Week last week as well and she was heavily involved with that so having a bit of a look forward to catching up with uh, Stacey about uh, that as well. Also uh, Professor Stephen Lewandowski on the way uh, very interested in having a chat with Professor Lewandowski. If you've listened to the past few podcasts you'll know this if this is your first one. Uh, get ready for this because he is a, a man who researches areas where people's uh, medical sorry where their beliefs conflict with medical evidence and why they can hold on to their beliefs over the scientific evidence I should say rather than medical evidence. The scientific evidence and also his research looks at when people's belief are unequivocally proven wrong thanks to science and why they still hold those beliefs in this current climate with things like covid and you know trump and all sorts of uh wacky uh, conspiracy theories out there i i just can't tell you how much i'm looking forward i'm looking forward to speaking to everyone but professor lewandowski is someone who's been on my radar for a while and we have him coming up before the end of the week as well hey thanks again for joining us if you want to find out more about us uh, look up docnz on facebook or head to that doc.nz that is our website you can get all our contact details here don't be a stranger Come and say hey. Uh, love to hear from you as we continue to make sweet, sweet love in your ear holes. We've been doing it since 2018, don't you know? Stay safe, wash your hands, be well. Until we see you next time. Hooray! Hey,